Hey everyone, uh, welcome to Enabling Digital with Systems Plus podcast. Um, today I'll be speaking to Ashish, who is the president of the Global In-House Center at Systems Plus and has been, has been instrumental in the conception and execution of our managed GIC model. Ashish has over three decades of experience and we're incredibly lucky to have him here today. Um, Ashish, to begin with, can you just tell us a little more about your you know, expansive career and then also what is the managed GIC or global in-house center model? Like what, what does that mean? Thank you, first of all. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Amai. Uh, it's good to be talking to you. And uh, yeah, so my career, you know, it spans, uh, as you said, that three decades of experience. Uh, and this experience has been really very enriching uh, right from the coding days where I learned Fortran COBOL to today's technology area we are where we are talking about clouds and data and uh, analytics and everything uh, i have uh, held a different position worked at uh, you know development and then worked with erps and implementations moved over to projects and then uh, for last around 11 years i have been uh, doing what we call as manage uh, global in-house center so I, in Systems Plus, my role has been very, uh, I mean, I've done multiple roles uh, at multiple times, but the role which I really enjoy, uh, have been enjoying and really enjoy and would probably continue to enjoy is this role of, uh, you know, heading the managed global in-house centers. Uh, so basically, this is nothing but a, uh, is an extension of our customers uh, team in India uh, while giving them transparency, control, and you know, uh, and cost optimization, and they get best benefit out of, of the cost in this model. Uh, so traditionally, uh, global in-house centers uh, or, or global in-house centers are more focused uh, on you know, uh, more on a on a, I would say, you know, uh, something where the projects have been dropped uh, off the shelf, given to the teams, then handle. But this is purely and truly a partnership model. Uh, we have heard a long time ago, and so far we have always been hearing a supplier vendor or a customer vendor relationship. This this model really talks about, uh, you know, a true uh, relationship where, uh, you know, customers are, you know, directly managing the teams, which we are, you know, hiring for them. And these teams are basically their backend operations, uh, like HR, finance, everything is being hand handled by us. Got it. So, so if I understand correctly, it's not your typical outsourcing model where you know a customer will come and say, "Hey, we have this project over here. Um, can you please take care of it?" And there's you know a beginning, a start date, and an end date. It's uh, a lot more dynamic and involved. Correct? Yes, absolutely. You are bang on. Uh, it is. It, it involves basically, uh, as I said, it's a true partnership. It involves you know uh, uh, we. Uh, we and customer both talking together, understanding their needs, uh, understanding their pain points, making sure that you know we help them uh, in whatever way, uh, and uh, you know give them the best of the uh, uh, best of both the cultures from US and India point, and as well as the time time uh, you know difference advantage. Awesome. All right, and um, you've been you've seen sort of the IT landscape develop over about 30 plus years now uh, in India. And uh, I, I, you know, from, from my understanding, I think, you know, GICs or GCCs, this concept has always been around. I think it's come into the foray more over the past, you know, 12 years since we've been around and you know, probably a little longer than that. 
what have you seen in terms of a shift in 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 the type of work and and, and the talent that uh, GICs and GCCs have been attracting? You know, typically we used to think of India as a very you know okay let's let do a bunch of back end operations and support, but uh, I feel like that's changing. Yeah, you you are absolutely right. I'm a, uh, initially when uh, when we were talking about uh, GIC or we were looking at any offshore model, we generally used to look a kind of a typical backend kind of operation where we were looking at you know uh, some kind of tasks uh, which are repeated in nature and which have checklist kind of things given over to the uh, given over to the teams here and they do the task and then give it back mm, and uh, there was more con- control there was uh, i mean the team over he- there in us uh, used to have the control they need to see uh, how the work is being done but as we are evolving we are seeing uh, you know uh, that more and more customers are now looking at you know uh, people or vendors or you know partners impacting their business looking at the core competencies looking at doing complex work uh, looking at doing you know innovation being part and the teams need to be empowered they need to be you know uh, uh, individual uh, you can say a contributor not a just doer they need to be uh, someone who will get back to them saying that hey listen this is the way we can do it and i think this is what uh, is the best way and what you are thinking is probably is not the best way so it is definitely evolved right from you know uh, uh, i i still remember when we started we were doing more kind of a development job where you know the specifications got, were given to us in one of the startup calls and the overnight we used to develop and next day the customer used to come and look into it uh, uh, and they they definitely uh, dependent they the whole work was basically buying I could, in a way, we can say that was quality assured or quality tested by them. But the shift is now that once they give the work, uh, they uh, expect us to do everything: the quality, the you know, uh, meeting the requirements, uh, the specification, and also uh, tell them if there is a better way of doing things. So definitely, it has involved from backend operations to more uh, from cost center to a kind of an innovation partner. Uh, this is more like a extension of their enterprise. So a company in US uh, can uh, have a team sitting here, which is their enterprise. So this is more. Uh, so yeah, it has involved a lot from uh, you know just doing a backend work to being an innovation partner to being somebody who can help uh, in the strategic thinking and who can you know j- help them in giving ideas which are business impacting. Got it. And so, I mean, I, you know, you said the, the word innovation a couple of times, and, and I completely agree. We're seeing a lot of innovation happening out of India now, and that's fantastic. Uh, I feel like the term GCC is not really a representative anymore, even GIC necessarily, right? But we're seeing a lot of what we're calling GTC, which is Global Technology Centers, uh, is what people are sort of repositioning these, these teams as, uh, because they truly are driving innovation, like you said. Uh, do you have any examples, Ashish, of, you know, what some, uh, some of these, uh, you know, captive uh, centers are doing right like what kind of uh, business critical applications are they working on and and um, helping drive sort of innovation so i would say that there there are many examples from the time we have uh, you know been working with them uh, over the years uh, i mean uh, nobody would have thought you know uh, doing a complex sap implementation with a team sitting here in india 
and that's what we did mm-hmm. with one of our customers we had a team sitting here yeah of course there are a few people who were traveling but there was a big implementation which was done by the team sitting here uh, there was a bunch of people who were doing a backend work and there were some people who uh, went to us and you know managed the whole implementation so it's it's something nobody would have thought about a couple of years back people always thought that implementation means being on the site talking to the business users uh, talking to you know being at the at the physical location uh, so that you can fix uh, you know things you can talk to the business user interview them and find out but all those things has uh, evolved and uh, all those things have changed a lot uh, and today and last two years couple of uh, years we know because of the covid everybody has now moved into online so uh, it was definitely never thought that we could do things which uh, which require physical presence there Awesome. And so, so, I mean, very clearly, right, we're seeing um, that complex innovation and complex, you know, implementations, like you said, can happen in, in this, uh, in this model, uh, you know, and out of India. Um, what, what I'm curious to talk about more is again, okay, let's, let's say this, this model makes sense and you want to go ahead. Uh, there's of course a lot of complexity yet when it, when it comes to setting uh, setting this up in India and working with a team offshore, et cetera, you know, just not the time zone, but other differences. So one of the things you mentioned, Ashish, was, you know, extension of the enterprise. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to just sort of tag on that for a second, because, you know, you've got this big company in the US, uh, you know, maybe uh, say multi-billion dollar company potentially, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that has its way of working, um, it's got its own culture. And now all of a sudden they want to open uh, a, a GIC in India, um, and India is a very different culture from the US. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you want to sort of merge and marry that Indian uh, sort of local culture with the the US uh, culture in the organization. How do we? How do you do that? Right? It doesn't sound. It sounds a lot more simple than I, I imagine it actually is. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's a good question. So, uh, am I uh, so? Definitely, you know, uh, there is a cultural difference uh, with how uh, Indians and how uh, I mean, we work with uh, offshore companies and different people from different geographies. Uh, but uh, our experience for last 12, 13 years, which we have been working on MGIC, we have gained a lot. We have tweaked our model. We have, uh, you know, set processes uh, which helps us, you know, uh, um, you know, take care of these uh, I would not say complex things, but these challenges which comes in from the cultural perspective, from the employee perspective, as well as from the technology perspective. We uh, have set harmonization processes. When we uh, uh, we normally talk about harmonization process after the customer has been, uh, you know, uh, had uh, signed up an agreement or signed up to work with us. But in a way, we are actually harmonizing with them right from the time we get talking to the customer on the day one. Once we start talking, we understand what their needs are, and you know we try to understand what kind of uh, you know budget or what kind of timelines they are looking at, and it's a more of a agile uh, conversation uh, than you know uh, simply saying that we need this. How can you do it, and what time it will take? Uh, so once that that is done, and once we agree that we want to be partner together and work together, there are different things like there are IT infra, uh, IT harmonization where we talk about you know what kind of uh, 
uh, hardware infrastructure you have as a mm -hmm. corporate and what do we have here in india how do we connect what are the security issues what are the you know how do we take care of those security challenges what are the compliances in india which we need to you know uh, definitely take care as well as outside the customer needs to take care so this all harmonization process on it front on the employee front which is like all human resource there are different policies there are policies which our customers you know uh, are definitely definitely want to abide by and then there are policies uh, where uh, which has to be abided by our employees which are in india so we take care and we do this whole process which is probably runs around uh, two to three weeks uh, where we do this harmonization so we are not very rigid on our policies unless it is compliance and statutory or security related hence this whole harmonization process brings in you know uh, a mix of both uh, to the table got it and what about um, you know just the low bringing in that local culture you know india has its own festivals its own holidays its own celebrations um and making that sort of merge with what you know what's happening in the us like how do you how do you see um sort of uh, us or international clients working with that and embracing that so generally uh, uh, i mean they they embrace and i mean now since uh, since there's a lot of uh, this outsourcing offshore uh, you know outsourcing happening i think most of our clients probably know uh, this you know local uh, uh, or statutory or i can say uh, holidays which are there in india probably I, I would be surprised if somebody comes and say i don't know this kind of uh, you know festival is there in india they probably know about it and that's what we do during our whole harmonization process we talk about you know what are the days when we definitely would not be uh, able to work and there are similar days in us also so this whole harmonization process is basically looking at you know when they won't work and when we are not working is there something which we can leverage on so for example a us is not working on a particular day okay then we can the team can work here and you know deliver things so we do all this kind of you know harmonization and again these are not done at the end of the year or in mid of the year once we are starting the project we have this clear cut defined saying that this is how the teams are going to work on these particular days they may not be working these are the kind of holidays they will take uh, on these us holidays they should be available so it becomes very easy from a planning perspective because you uh, you definitely know today in future uh, when do you want your team to be available got it and so that was you know the us em embracing the indian culture let's talk about the flip side of that where the team in india how are they embracing the corporate culture in the us um you know and making themselves feel like they're part of the team right i've seen you know i've seen photos up on walls i've seen customized kits and those kind of things what are some of the things that um, you can do uh, to help the india team embrace the culture yeah so uh, we as i said that over the years we have evolved a lot so uh, i mean if you walk into our office you can definitely see uh, our customer specific uh, you know uh, uh, section where you see everything related to that customer and we also do uh, a lot of you know uh, morale building team building activities here in india and in terms of uh, you know from an employee perspective uh, it gives him a a definitely an edge because he is working with the best of the it companies here in india as well as a best of a brand in us so he the employees get a 
you know, mix of experience from a business side as well as the latest technology and working with the technology company. Uh, we also do a lot of, uh, uh, how do you explain them? Uh, uh, but if you talk to our employee, uh, if you talk to employee and ask them, uh, whom are you working for? Uh, the first answer which will come out of their mouth would be probably the customer's name, not our company. So that's how we build the culture. Awesome. Um, and, you know, Ashish, I think culture is, is super, super important, in, you know, in helping retain employees today. But I wanted to talk about, you know, the employees now and, and really understanding uh, a little more about them because they really are a core part of the uh, the GIC business. And so when it comes to employees, you know, I, I think we have almost, you know, 300 to 400 plus people um, in this model right now. What do you feel are some of the key factors in, in, in retaining these employees, keeping them happy uh, and ensuring that, you know, they have a good career path with some of the, with some of the clients that we work with? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, that's probably one of the things which most of the organizations are, are looking at. You know, uh, employee is probably one of the biggest assets for uh, any IT organization or for that matter for any business. Uh, you know, today, uh, the employees is something which is very, very important for an organization and hence a lot of focus uh, is uh, put on uh, employees. Uh, so from an employee perspective, if I put, uh, they basically look at of things which uh, you know really motivates them a technical person is definitely looking at a technical uh, latest technology work with latest technology work on different projects uh, and kind of things and second they definitely look at work-life balance uh, they look at flexibility and they look at uh, a direct connection with the customer which is which is a big thing for somebody who's working here in India we have uh, traditionally you would have known Amai that uh, you know a developer would never have an access to a you know a director mm -hmm. level person in 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 uh, a director person sitting in US. Yeah. This model gives them a direct access to them, and this is definitely an advantage because uh, they do not have probably layers of communication channel, which basically you know you know if you are multiple layers of communication channel, you drops off some things. There are things which drops off. You are directly talking to the business users and these business users are basically stakeholders. They are key people who are decision makers. So when it comes from them out to these people, they understand what is required. And then they, you know, as I talk about innovation and technology, they give the ideas to them. So that's one thing. Technology, definitely you are working with one of the best uh, in their class uh, customers, okay? So they are definitely working on latest technologies. There's a complex, uh, you know, challenging work, which a person employees would love to do it. Uh, as far as I think uh, uh, they have, they, these are more empowered team. There is no yeah. uh, project manager or somebody sitting on their head and looking at their code every time. Uh, yeah. So they are just given a work and they are asked to do, uh, we, there is a lot of trust between customer and us and employees, and we we give them work and we definitely know that they are going to deliver as per that. So they are empowered. They are uh, they have latest technologies to work on. They are a challenging and complex work to work uh, work on. They definitely have a work life balance. There is no uh, you know uh, that's one thing which we uh, they the our employees really really value. So these are some of the things which which definitely and uh, you know. 
just to give you a number, if in terms of number, if it excites you in GIC, uh, we have, as you said, that we are around 400 people working with us. But in that 400 people, we probably have 150 technologies we are working on, more than 150 wow. technologies. Wow. Wow. That's, yeah. um, that's a, so, so 150 technologies is no joke. And yeah. um, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure this, the whole action with, with the customers is a big draw for, for some of these uh, employees from, you know, the traditional IT companies, the larger ones that we, we you know, we see in the area. Um, uh, I, I imagine we're able to get a lot of talent from, from those type of companies just because of this direct interaction and, uh, you know, that they have with the client. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're bang on. And um, I, you know, the other thing that I've, I've also started to notice is even within this cap, uh, this, uh, you know, GIC model, um, it's not just, okay, you have sort of junior to mid level developers and individual contributors and senior developers. We're also seeing you know, if I'm not wrong, like director level people and those type of um, extremely senior positions um, in, in, in this model today operating out of India and getting involved in you know, important business uh, decisions. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. Initially, as we were talking about earlier, we said that, you know, traditionally there was more of a backend kind of work which was mm -hmm. giving and we moved on to, you know, more of a technology and strategic kind of work. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, most of our customers have this director level people or a senior, very senior level person sitting here. Just mm -hmm. for take for an example, initially uh, we used to have um, we used to have this architecture sitting in US or somewhere else. They used to design everything and send it to India. They used to develop and give it back. Mm -hmm. But whole thing has now changed. We are having architects sitting here who are actually designing the solution, who are understanding the business and coming up with the solutions. And that's why wow. we have, you know, different at different levels, right from project manager to, uh, you know, a direct level person for analytics or for direct marketing, or you can say, you know, a person who is into uh, our delivery manager or managing different portfolios for a customer. Wow. So um, it's it's amazing to hear, you know, those kind of roles now happening in India. So, uh, but Ashish, the real question is, where do we find them, right? How how does one go about finding some of these uh, amazing people that you've just described um, in an Indian market today? Uh, what are what are some of the things to look out for? Uh, you know pitfalls, but uh, at the same time, right? How do we how do we attract this kind of talent? So uh, again, these kind of people. Okay, technical people or any people uh, who are working in the organization, they definitely look at a technology, you know, uh, or challenging work to be there. You know, they need to be, uh, every human wants to be challenged and they, they feel very happy when they find out and come out with the results and, you know, deliver something. So uh, we, finding talent has uh, probably never been a big challenge for us. We have done this over the years. We have our own ecosystem okay where we have you know uh, people uh, working with us even in our organization we have seen that people who have joined us uh, because of our culture because of the work life balance uh, because of the you know the transparency and the the direct connect we give it to them with the customer as i told, told you uh, people hardly, uh, you know, they don't leave us very fast. Once they join this model, uh, probably they, you know, they continue to be. There are people who have been in our organization working in this model for 20 plus years. So uh, there are some customers who started, uh, 
uh, who started with us when we actually started this uh, JSE model, and they are still with us. So, I mean, with all these things, with technology, with our ecosystems, we have a big uh, team of uh, talent acquisition, uh, which are best in industries. So it's not very difficult for us to, you know, find uh, uh, a right fit for our organization. Got it. And do you think it's a better, well, maybe not a better strategy, but do you think something that's effective is a lot of um, sort of hiring people, maybe when they're sort of slightly junior to mid, middle, mid-level developers and then training them up to eventually become those architects? Or do you feel uh, like you can also find some of these architects and director level folks out there in the market today? So both is possible, as as we said that you know uh, the whole uh, whole uh, strategy or the whole vision here is that we want to do partnership with customer. So depending on the complexity, depending on the need of the business, depending on the you know probably budget, we sometimes offer uh, looking at uh, uh, senior level people directly with the experience coming into the team. Sometimes we do also suggest our customers saying that we can look at a mid or a senior level person who is probably who has <laughs> sorry who has the competency and know how but uh, he can be reached to that level so we we again as i said this is more of a you know a partnership model so it's not that uh, what comes from customer we just give it to them we just tell them listen this is how the indian market is and uh, because of the viewer business uh, needs because of the urgency because of the you know the t- sheer team size and the complexity of the project this is what you should do uh, either you should you know uh, we we suggest them that instead of hiring a direct level person you hire a, probably a, a delivery manager level person who is probably has the talent and can go up to that level this gives him a chance to grow and it gives him a chance to uh, you know probably uh, prove himself to go to the next level uh, and also it gives the customer uh, edge because this guy comes with a hands-on experience at a lower level uh, and has knowledge of uh, knowledge and vision to deliver things understood so yeah i mean it's amazing that we can we've just now got that much experience uh recruiting and hiring so many people that uh, we can identify you know those sort of things where somebody may not be uh, at a director level position, but has the potential to become one. Yes. And, and I think that's pretty, that's pretty amazing. Uh, so, you know, one of the other things I just wanted to quickly touch upon Ashish is we've spoken very technical, uh, about mm-hmm. a lot of technical type roles, but uh, I imagine the model is not limited to just those types of roles, right? Uh, we can get other roles um, and other say slightly more business facing non, um, non-technical positions through this model. What are some of the examples that uh, you've seen? Yeah, so yes, as the business has been evolving, as uh, the market has been evolving, you know, we, we talked about, uh, you know, doing a backend operations to, you know, technical work like development and, you know, doing, uh, we moved on to uh, implementations of ERPs and then, uh, uh, you know, SOC, uh, NOC, uh, setting up SOC, NOC teams and security team. Uh, as we are evolving, we are also seeing there is a lot of uh, other work which, you uh, uh, can be outsourced. We are uh, working with some of our customers on, uh, you know, KPOs. Uh, we are working with some of the customers on data and analytics. There's a lot on data analytics which can be done by the teams here in India. So uh, if if you see, there's a huge talent pool available in India on the data side. And there's mm-hmm. this uh, from the university level, there has been a lot of focus 
on uh, you know university giving courses and you know educating them on data and analytics part of it so the talent is huge and hence uh, it is slowly moving towards data analytics you know and then moving to cloud those are the things which slowly yeah. this model is moving into and so when we say data and analytics now data and analytics is a very broad topic but uh, you know there's uh, i'm sure there are technical you know very very technical data uh, engineers that we've hired but uh, you know, from a business perspective, I feel like you're also saying even data analysts to support, say, marketing teams, right, for yes. report generation, um, you know, visualizations, those kind of things. Right? We're seeing a lot of those type of data analysts as well. Yes, absolutely. We we have uh, you know we have marketing team working with us uh, where uh, we have data uh, people sitting here in India, churning out and doing analysis analysis from the data and giving it to the marketing team. We are doing awesome. that. Amazing. All right, Ashish, um, I have one last question um, before we sort of wrap up. And, uh, you know, it really comes down to if someone is considering, uh, you know, to use this uh, GIC model and, and open up their own uh, center in India, what are some of the sort of uh, pros, of course, which we've briefly spoken about, but then also some of the things to be aware of uh, before getting into this? Yeah, one of the some of the things which we definitely should look at, you know, we need to have a very, very employee focused culture. Uh, I mean, uh, this is very, very important. And we have really uh, seen this over the years. Uh, and we have been our huge focus has been on employee focused culture. Uh, uh, it would be great if your company has some uh, certification. Uh, for example, our organization is a great place to work certified. And we, we have we have this certification for last two years. We started competing for last two years and we have been evolving and doing better and better every year. Uh, there has to be a lot of focus on learning and development. Uh, we need to, we definitely do spend a lot of time on training and activities. Again, work-life balance, uh, the whole culture, uh, that, those are the things uh, which we should focus on. And of course, we do also focus a lot on CSR activities. Uh, that's also important. All right. So great culture, a um, lot of learning and development, and then um, good CSR. Got it. Yes. Um, all right, everyone. You've uh, you heard Ashish. He's set up uh, 20, more than 20 of these captives, correct? Uh, yes. And uh, it's been great having him on the podcast today. Um, thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you, Amit. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Ashish. <laughs>